1: Final breakdown here of this sort of a, a CFB Nation aspect of it brought to you presented by Twisted T. There are three huge games this weekend for me. Now, some of you might not think these games are huge, but they are for me. And the first one, and I'm going to go chronologically on these. The first one for me is North Carolina and South Carolina. It's on Saturday night, it's a 7.30 game on ABC. It's going to be the primetime game. Uh, North Carolina is a two and a half point favorite. The game is being played in Charlotte. So it's a, it's a neutral site game for the two teams, although obviously it's going to be in North Carolina. Uh, very intrigued by this game. Very intrigued by this game. North Carolina is a sleeper team for me. I do. I'm, first of all, I'm curious if the NCAA grants Tez Walker eligibility. They should. Uh, I like the transfers that they got this offseason receiver. I like some of the young receivers they have coming back. I think the uh, changes on offense are going to be better for them, in my view. I, I, they're going to be a better, a little bit better fit. They're going to run the ball a little bit more. It's weird watching Phil Longo go from what they were in 2020, where they just ran the ball exceptionally well, to what they were the last couple of years. It's really strange to to watch that. And and I think they're going to be a little bit more balanced. But Drake May is a special player. He's going to have weapons. I think year two under Gene Chiswick is going to be, is going to result in them being better on defense. I think they got rid of some players that had talent, but didn't necessarily have the right buy in uh, defensively, that I, is going to make them better, in my opinion. I, I like a lot of the pieces. I just don't know what it's going to look like when it comes together for North Carolina, but I really like this North Carolina team as a potential sleeper in the ACC. Not so much a team that's going to win the division. I still think that's Clemson and Floresade are the top dogs, but I could see North Carolina making some noise and and maybe being that third best team in the division or maybe even pulling off an upset or two and being able to get in the ACC title game. But I really like this team. And when you have a quarterback like Drake May, it, it's going to make you better. But can the pieces around it step up? I, I, that's what I like about it. I, I think this team has a chance to be pretty good. And then South Carolina, again, who are they? Who's South Carolina?
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
1: Like, this is one of the biggest enigmas, and, and I, you know, I, I, I like some of the things that Shane Beamer's done. Uh, he that he brings a lot of energy to it. Obviously, their special teams are outstanding, but he's a little bit of a an emotional guy, and I, his team at times is like him. They're emotional, and when you have an emotional team, you're going to have an inconsistent team. So you're going to have a team that that one week is just out there, just looking like a million bucks, blowing out Tennessee, going on the road and beating Clemson and then you're also a team that loses by 13 at home to Missouri and gets blown out by Florida in November. They're just a weird team. They're a very strange team. They're a very inconsistent team. They they mirror to me their head coach who emotionally is inconsistent and he's got to learn to kind of control that a little bit more. He should take some lessons from his father who was a fiery guy but was just a little bit more under control. And he they fit they meet they match Spencer Rattler who again is a very inconsistent guy. You just don't know what you're going to get from week to week from Spencer Rattler, and that's going to be a key. They've got some talent. They've got some linemen coming back. They've got some athletes coming back. I know they lost some very good players. This is a big year for Shane Beamer. It it really is because you inherited a team that was not in a great place. They have done really well on the recruiting trail. They've had some big wins on the recruiting trail. But if you want to keep getting those players and, and getting the guys that you have in the class right now, because they've got some they've got some talented players committed to them right now uh, that you look at and say you know like how the heck does South Carolina get those kind of guys? Well, I mean that's where NIL helps. But like they've got they've got Dylan Stewart who's a big time player. Uh, they got an, a, a top hundred offensive lineman, Cameron Pringle, and they got Braden Lee who's a talented defensive back that Notre Dame took a peek at. There's some talented players in that class. Josiah Thompson's a, a highly ranked offensive lineman. They're doing some good things. They got Nicholas Harbor, who's a big time athlete as a freshman. But at some point in time, those that 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 faith that they're showing in you has to pay off with more results. Now the first two years were good under Shane Beamer, seven and six uh, in 2021, and you're coming off of a team that was two and eight the year before he got hired, and was four and eight the year before that. And you know, the, in the previous four four years, they had won nine games one nine games once, but that was only back in 2017. He inherited a a pretty rough situation, went went to a bowl game his first two years. They were better last year, had two big wins. But if they don't have those two upset wins at the end of the year, we're we're having a different conversation about Shane Beamer in South Carolina. So you've got to not kind of take a step back, even though you had some really big personnel losses. So this is going to be a very intriguing game. And there's also this element, the ACC versus the SEC. I, I talked about this this summer. There are some intriguing matchups between the ACC and the SEC in the first month of the season. And then again, of course, at the end of the year where the ACC has a chance to sort of say, hey, you can overlook us all you want, but we are a better football league than you're giving us credit for. They've got to win some of these matchups. I don't care about Georgia Tech versus Georgia. I mean, nobody expects Georgia Tech to compete in that game. But when you look at some of these matchups, and this is an example of one, North Carolina and Texas A&M, this is an example of one of those games where if you're the ACC, you're really hoping that your team can pull off a big win in this game. It gives you an opportunity to say, hey, look, we got a chance to go kind of do something here and and get a big win. You've got Miami at Texas A&M next week. That's going to be another example where they're going to have some chances in the ACC, to get some big wins that can say, hey, we are a much better football league than you all give us credit for. Because I think the ACC is getting better. They've gotten better coaches, hires in recent years. The quarterback play is getting better. The talent overall in the league is getting better. But is it better enough to start beating some of these SEC teams? We're going to find out this season, and this is one of those games. And it's going to it's going to tell us a lot. And, and here's why this matters if you're a Notre Dame fan, because the greater the perception of the ACC – the better it looks that Notre Dame dominates the ACC, and if they continue doing that, and they go out and and beat you know all the ACC teams again this season, then you're gonna you're gonna look back and say, hey, that Notre Dame dominating that league tells us a lot more now because look what that league did at a conference. They did really well against the SEC at a conference, and they still got dominated by Notre Dame. So I think from a Notre Dame standpoint, when the ACC does well out a conference, that should matter to Notre Dame fans. And that's why this North Carolina-South Carolina game means something to me. Sunday is the biggest game of the weekend, in my opinion. And that's number 5 LSU against number 8 Florida State. That's going to be Sunday night at 7.30 on ABC. LSU is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The game is being played in Orlando. Uh, everything should be good. The hurricane obviously hit this morning. And so by the time we get to Saturday, I mean, teams should be able to travel tomorrow, Friday, uh, and and or excuse me, uh, Thursday, Friday, sometime around that. If they want to travel for a Sunday game, they can even fly Saturday. I'm not quite sure what their travel plans were, Uh, but everything should be good to go by the time we get to this weekend. And and hopefully everybody's – our fans and people that are down there, I hope you all were able to stay safe. So far it sounds like everybody did. We have a thread about it on the message board. But this is a huge game, college football. LSU obviously is is looking to build on the first season under Brian Kelly it was a, a for the most part a successful first season for Brian Kelly obviously played in the SEC championship they weren't very competitive but honestly no one should have expected them to be competitive against Georgia in the first year and now I, I think some of the stuff people LSU fans say oh you know he inherited a bad program I'm like well when I say it, you all get mad but well, yeah he inherited a, a not many scholarships but he had a Freshman recruiting class come in. It was talented. He had a bunch of transfers come in. And they still had a lot of talented players coming back. Well, you can't use that excuse now in year two. And you can look at some really good wins for Brian Kelly in year one. Obviously, beating Alabama was a big one. Outside of that, honestly, year one at Alabama was a lot like what he was at Notre Dame. He beat all the teams he was supposed to beat for the most part. And and even then, he wasn't able to do that. But when they played good teams, Florida State was a good team, they lost. Tennessee was a good team. They got blown out. Uh, Texas A&M, I mean, excuse me, Georgia was a good team. They got blown out. They did, but here's what they did do. They did have the, the win over Bama. If you take that one away, the season looks a lot different, but that you can't take that one away. They won the game. They, they were coached well in that game. They prepared, they played hard. I thought Brian Kelly's two point conversion call at the end was a gutsy call. The right call. It worked out and they won the game. And so now you look into year two, you got a lot of starters back. You have a you know, somewhat highly ranked recruiting class coming in. I think it's a little higher than it should be, but it has some guys in it that I really like. Your freshman class, which was pretty talented, is now going into year two. It already made its impact last year. Uh, you've gotten rid of some attitudes that needed to get be gotten rid of, which should help you as a program. You're not gonna have Mason Smith for this game, which is a big loss. But other than that, I mean you're you're, you're gonna be healthy and now you look at this Florida State team, it's a it's a huge game for them as well. This is the second big ACC versus SEC game of the weekend. But more importantly for for these two teams, these are two teams that people consider college football playoff contenders. And LSU more of a national championship contender than Florida State. I don't I don't I'm not there with either one of those teams yet, but they're both in the conversation. And the thing about Florida State is they've had a great Great success in the transfer portal the last two years. They don't bring in a lot of guys in the portal. They're not like bringing in like 20 guys a year and like the big numbers is complete overhauls like USC is doing, but they've been very strategic about it. And, and obviously, getting Johnny Wilson at receiver last year, then getting Keon Coleman this year, getting Braden Fisk on the D line, uh getting Charles Cypress at cornerback. Like it's just, it's kind of like what Notre Dame does a little bit more volume wise, but it's similar to what Notre Dame was, is where they look at their current roster and say, where are the areas where we need the most help. And let's go get a guy. And they've had really good success. They beat Notre Dame for Braden Fisk, which was a big win for them. Uh, getting Fentrell Cypress, as I mentioned, a cornerback from Virginia is a very good pickup for them. And and this is a great opportunity for Florida State to say, hey, look, we are back. The game last year was not a fluke. I don't want to hear that, oh, it was Brian Kelly's first game and all that. That's what you hear. Well, if LSU beats Florida State, then that has some, holds some merit, right? Like, hey, look, you guys got us in our first game, but now You know, we're in year two and we've, our roster is completely restocked. We've changed our culture, all that kind of stuff. And now you can't play with us. And if LSU beats Florida State, that's exactly what the storyline is going to be. And it's be the right one. But if Florida State wins, then Florida State can say, no, you may be good again, but we are back. And I think this is an opportunity for Florida State to sort of announce themselves and say, yeah, we're getting a lot of hype and it's justified. Keep it twisted. And I love the quarterback matchup between uh, Jaden Daniels and, and Jordan Travis. Jaden Daniels is the better talent in my view. Jordan, the thing I love about Jordan Travis, he's just a gamer. He's not an NFL prospect. He's, you know, I see people saying he's a better quarterback, than Sam Hartman. No, he's not. Sam Hartman's 2-0 against Jordan Travis for a reason. But it doesn't mean I don't love Jordan Travis. He's fun to watch. He's a gamer. He makes plays. He can put the team on his shoulders when he needs him to. He's going to have to be more consistent throwing the football from an accuracy standpoint this season, especially against LSU that's going to be a lot better on defense this year. That, to me, is the biggest difference for me. I think this LSU team defensively is going to be a lot better in year two of of, uh, Matt House's defense. It's the same thing I've said about Al Golden, same thing I've said about Jim Knowles. You have somewhat NFL-ish, complicated defenses that are harder to learn year one, and I think those defenses are both going to make jumps in year two. So that's what, to me, makes LSU dangerous. And we're going to find out kind of what what Florida State and LSU are made of. I think this is going to be a great game. I don't anticipate either team blowing the other team out. I'd be disappointed if that happens. I do think this is going to be a big game. I haven't made my prediction yet for this one either. I'm leaning towards Florida State in this game just for, for a number of reasons. I think they're more balanced. I if I had to pick a quarterback that to to make the place to win, I'm going with Jordan Travis. He just to me has a little bit more of a track record on that regard. And and I, I just like this Florida State football team, but I, I won't be shocked if LSU wins it. There's a reason they're a favorite and and part of that is a little bit of a hype, but I also think LSU is a very talented football team. Right now I'm leaning towards Florida State. That's probably who I'm gonna go with, but I haven't made an official prediction yet. We'll we'll drop those on Friday at oursbreakdown.com, but I'm very much looking forward to this game. Last game we're going to preview is Clemson at Duke. This is a a much more intriguing game and and big game than I think a lot of people realize. Number one, Duke is a team that won nine games last year. I'm surprised that Duke is not a preseason top 25 team. The fact that pollsters put Texas A&M in the top 25 and not Duke just tells me that there's a lot of people that vote in college football polls that don't actually watch college football games. When you look at Duke last year, that's a team that won nine football games and and had and and honestly, they were closer to being a 10 win team than they were to being less than nine in a lot of different ways. I mean, they were a team that that had some scrappy losses last year. They should not have beat loss of Georgia Tech. That was a bad loss for them. Uh, Early last year, they lost to a a, when they lost to Kansas at the time. Duke was still kind of building, but Kansas was also really good at the time. They had a three point loss to North Carolina and a two point loss to Pitt. So when you look at Kansas at Duke, and here's the point that I was making about Duke last year: Duke last season nine and four. They had an eight point win over Northwestern in a game they controlled. They blew out North Carolina T, blew out Temple, blew out Virginia, blew out Miami, blew out Virginia Tech. Uh, smash UCF in the bowl game. They beat Wake Forest by a field goal, and they beat Boston College by a touchdown in a game where they were clearly the better team. There were not a lot of close wins last year. Every single loss they had was competitive. They, they lost to Kansas by eight. That was the game they probably got beat the most convincingly was the Kansas game. They lost to Georgia Tech by a field goal, should have won that game. They lost to North Carolina by a field goal, and they lost at Pitt in November by two. And the fact that that team is not preseason top 25, the quarterback coming back, Riley Leonard. Y'all know Ryan loves Riley Leonard. I do too. He's a gamer. He's a playmaker. He can do things off platform. He can do things off script. He's got some really talented receivers coming back, in my opinion. The defense returns a lot up front. They have one of the best left tackles in college football coming back. Duke is a good football team. And Clemson has to travel with them on the road. They've had all offseason to prepare for. Love what Mike Elko's doing. But I also think Clemson's going to be a lot better this year. i I, I like some of the moves that Dabo F- Swinney made this off Sweeney made this offseason. Obviously, you now have Cole, Cade Klubnick stepping in as the starting uh, quarterback, which I think is going to help them. I think the experience he got last year, including some of the struggles like he had against Tennessee and Notre Dame, are going to help him because he's a kid that just played at a phenomenal high school football program. Jaden Greathouse was his top receiver for his last three years at, at, at Austin-Westlake, and we know how good Jaden Greathouse is. He has never really faced the kind of adversity he faced last year. And I think that's going to be good for Cade as a player and as, as a quarterback. I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, Garrett Riley's the greatest thing ever. He's his, his, his brother. I don't know just how good he's going to be. However, what I do know is that he's going to be better than what they had last year with Brandon Streeter. And he's going to be better than what they had with Tony Elliott in previous seasons. So, I, I, And I think also, I don't think, I know, his system fits, what I believe his system will be, fits what Cade Klubnik does a lot better. I think Clemson is going to have – I believe Clemson has one of the best offensive lines in of college football. I like their offensive line. I I like their talented receiver. It's not the elite talent it used to have, but there's some young talented players. Adam Randall is a really talented player. The Williams kid who was, had a really good freshman year last year is talented. They've got one of the better running backs in college football, and Will Shipley. Phil Moffa is a really good number two running back. They've got decent talent at tight end. And, of course, their defense returns a lot of talent. And, and so if – Garrett Riley can get this thing going. I think Clemson's going to be a lot better than what people think. And and there's a lot of people. I mean, they're preseason top 10 team. It's not like they stink. But like preseason number nine, I'd, I'd consider having them a little higher, to be honest with you. I, I think they should be ranked ahead of LSU, for example. I think they have less to prove than LSU does, in my opinion, this season. So I, I like this Clemson team. If, if Duke can pull off the upset, then obviously that's a huge win for Duke. And it says to me, maybe LSU, Clemson's not back. But if Clemson can go on the road and win convincingly, that is a much bigger statement win than I think people will will see perceive it to be because Duke isn't getting the respect that they should. I really like this Duke team, but I also really like this Clemson team and I think that's going to be an intriguing game and it's Monday night at eight o'clock on ESPN Clemson's a thirteen point favorite That's a pretty big spread for a for a to to go on the road and beat a team that won nine games last year. And, and, and again, let me let me just point this out again. Duke's losses last year, they were by, see, 8, 11, 14, 16. Their four losses were by 16 points, right? Clemson had, or uh, LSU last year had two losses that were by more than that and another loss by 15, right? This is a very underrated Duke team, and I'm very curious. To see, they, this should be a top 25 matchup. The fact that Duke's not a preseason top 25 team to me is is is, uh, is a mistake, And, um, you know, we're, we're going to see what, what, what they're made of, uh, this season, but I'm really looking forward to this game. Uh, It's going to be a, it's going to be a fun game. I I think it is going to be a fun game. It's going to be a spotlight game. Um, I'm, I'm very curious to see what, what this team is going to be made of. So that's kind of my look at those games. I'm actually trying to find, um, my preseason ranking and make sure that I didn't make that same mistake that other people made. And Yeah. I did. I'm also an idiot. I raised my hand. I didn't have Duke in the top 25 either. That was a massive oversight on my part. So Duke should definitely be a top 25 football team, in my opinion. So I also made the mistake of not having Duke in the top 25. So I'll own that one for sure. They should be a top 25 football team. So I'm looking forward to that. So those are the big games that I'm going to be watching this weekend. When you look at uh, the the opening weekend of college football, it's going to be a very, very fun weekend. I hope y'all are ready to go. Uh, and watch some of those games on top of, of course, Notre Dame playing Tennessee State.